it is a cakewalk till the time we are talking about a product or service with the client. Even the nitty gritty of how the program will follow or what the project deliverables will be gets sorted out. But the minute it comes to the money talks, you pray to the Lord, oh, please make me invisible or let someone else do the talking, isn't it? Money conversations are difficult for many because the money stories we've been told are really effed up. These skewed money stories show up again and again during negotiations, pricing our products or services, and every other money-related talk that we do during a sales interaction. So let's address this huge issue of money with my guest for the day today, who is Amanda Neely, who is a cash flow specialist. Y'all, that really sounds like a music to ears, isn't it? Cash flow. Wow, I'm so excited to hear from Amanda, who helps entrepreneurs increase their profitability by developing personalized financial strategies for them. She's a fellow podcaster hosting her podcast, Grandma's Wealth Wisdom, and is going to share with you today an interesting process called the Still Method. I'm highly curious to know about that. So stay tuned for this conversation and do not forget, I repeat, do not forget to follow the podcast and leave a five-star review on Apple iTunes or your podcast listening app. And now, without further ado, let's bring Amanda to the mic. Fall in love with selling as you acquire the right mindset, selling style and sales process that helps you take your business solution to more prospects, potential clients and the world at large. If you are a women entrepreneur who is looking to get more sales, scale and sustainability in your business, you have reached the right place. I'm Roshni Baranya, your host for the show Ace the Sales, which is all about helping you bring your authentic and influential self to each sales conversation. Hello, Amanda. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Roshni. Please tell us a little bit about yourself, Amanda, where you are from and what you do. Yeah, I currently live in Cincinnati, Ohio in the United States, and I am at really a community builder. I love to pour into people and bring them together to do some really great things. And currently I do that by helping them align their money with their goals and with their dreams so that they can pursue the impact they want to make and to do that in a way that's community oriented rather than just, you know, each person for themselves. Awesome. Awesome. I love the power of communities and especially for women, since I work a lot with women entrepreneurs, I love the power of community of coming together and helping each other. Awesome. Awesome. So, uh, Amanda, you are the founder of uh, Grandma's Wealth uh, Wisdom and uh, you have a podcast by the same name. So um, what did our grandmas do with their money? Uh, that more and more women today are returning to because uh, I think there are some good old traditions and concepts which our grandmothers used to do, but we have forgotten them probably. So uh, what is it? The biggest thing is that our grandparents knew the difference between saving and investing. And when a lot of people say, I'm saving for retirement, what they really mean is they're investing for retirement. 
right? Um, investing is putting your money at risk with the hope of a reward, but knowing that it you might not get that reward. Whereas saving has more powerful guarantees and expectations behind it that you know your money is going to be there for you and you're not putting it at risk. And our at least in America, I'm not sure about around the world, but my guess is our grandparents saved a lot more of their money and put a lot less at risk. And today we've shifted and almost flipped it and we put more at risk and only save a little bit. Absolutely. Absolutely. I so agree with you that uh, in previous days, people used to save a lot, probably because they didn't have so many investment options also, probably. Uh, but uh, but yes, saving for the rainy day is the usual phrase and the caption we used to uh, listen to. So uh, Amanda, you have successfully exited a business and started a second one, which is the Grandma's Wealth Wisdom. So what are the top three sales lessons that you have learned while doing two businesses? So I have to confess, I'm very much socially awkward. I love to like read books and I'm an introvert, right? But get me in front of people. I have a huge learning curve and it's been such a journey to uh, have conversations and then to also think, how do I make those conversations sales oriented and, you know, stuff like that. So it really like came at first. So the first business was a coffee shop. I was literally like behind a bar serving people coffee. And then, you know, when I wasn't doing that running role and training employees and stuff like that. And it, I really realized like it's the small chit chat sometimes that really brings people to love your business and want to do business with you. It's the, how, how's your day really going while you're, you know, steaming milk or, you know, when somebody shows up to work uh, asking them, how's your family, you know, stuff like that, that really builds relationship that goes way beyond doing business together. But also we would have people come and buy coffee from us because they wanted to have a conversation. They were lonely and they'd use coffee as an excuse for that. And that really builds that loyalty and that repeat business that um, is so amazing. The second one is knowing that I love information and gathering information, using really my sales process is an educational process, sharing with people what I've learned and how important it is to me, building on that strength that I have of being pretty knowledgeable and loving to collect data and stories and a perspective on the world. So really, I approach sales as I'm sharing that. And if people love how I've kind of put that story together for them. And so that's been really helpful for me too, whether it's sharing the real existence of coffee farmers or how the stock market really works and what alternatives are and stuff like that. Um, and then probably the third one is actually... I know you talk a lot about mindset, really saying like finding this unique way of being hungry, like wanting to make money, right? Wanting to do good for people, kind of having that hunger, but also being okay with the results, even if it, the result means they don't work with me um, and kind of enjoying the process and having that sense of contentment and satisfaction, no matter what the end result is, but still like wanting to pick up the phone and call people, follow up with them. Finding how that works for me has been a, a journey. And I think I'm still growing in that. But like staying hungry, being content, then I'll go back to being hungry, right? And it's kind of a back and forth. And some weeks I'm hungrier, other weeks I'm more content. And it's kind of like people talk like work-life balance. It's not, doesn't exist. The balance between those things doesn't exist either, right? But, but I, I, 
as long as I've got both going, I'm actually moving forward and feeling good about it. Right. So, so well said, uh, Amanda, that uh, yes, not to attach your self-worth to the outcome of the sales conversation. That is so important because till the time you are not doing that, you will have the courage and the confidence to pick up the phone again, do the follow-up again, have the sales conversation again, if you don't attach or um, cling on to the rejection too much. Very well said. So uh, Amanda, you are into the uh, investment and the money space. So what are the top things any woman should be thinking about before starting a business? What is the thing they should know about money, especially before starting a business? When I first wrote up my business plan, it was dreaming up my business. I think I was like a lot of people. I left the money stuff to the end, the projections and the cash flow analysis and what's how much startup cost do I need and all those things. And um, that maybe that was good because if I had looked at those things, I might not have wanted to start a business realizing just how much it costs. Right. But I also learned that just because that's what it normally costs doesn't mean that's what it has to cost me. And our first business, a coffee shop, literally the textbook said it was going to cost an average of $250,000 to get it done to like open to you know buy the initial inventory all the equipment all the things and we got it done for under 100 grand because we looked for ways to partner with people um barter get you know put some sweat equity in rather than just spending money uh, all those kind of things just just because the textbook said it was going to be something didn't mean that's what we had to do. And we didn't, we would have never started because we didn't have 250,000. We didn't even have a hundred thousand. We figured out how to make it work. We were actually still paying off student debt when we started that first business. So in some ways, it's like ignore the money to your own peril because we did make a lot of mistakes by ignoring the money. But also don't believe everything people say about the money side. You can create your own story and what you want to see true. And that whole like lean startup, you know, like Damon John is famous for, you know, starting with some of the home equity in his mom's house and just making it work. Like that's really, I feel like the entrepreneurial story, not the raising millions of dollars which you know may be great for some businesses, but more often it's the the bootstrapping and the the making things happen. And you learn a lot more that way, I feel like too. So true. I agree with that uh, every word of it because uh, yes, I do believe uh, that um, till the time you are a bootstrapped uh, business, you are so much vigilant about each penny which is being spent. And uh, and yes, that actually pushes you to get creative in your business. And like the way you did it, that you figured out ways and creative ways to save money and bring the cost down. So yes, get creative. That is uh, one thing that women should learn. So um, so tell us a little bit more about uh, money choices and making better decisions around money. Because I know I have struggled with this a lot, and I'm sure many business owners do how to allocate right amount of money for expenses and investment and general finances and operations of the business, how to make better choices around money. Yeah, there's a great framework out there called Profit First that was developed by this guy named Mike Michalowicz. I love it in terms of giving an aspiration for what a healthy business could look like. And it's, you know, this percentage to operating expenses, this percentage should be the owner's take-home pay, 
set aside this percentage for taxes, all those things. I highly encourage people to go check out his book, um, find a profit first professional, you know, implement his system. But the the big thing that keeps people from doing that a lot is some of the mindset around it, which I know you're big on mindset too, because it's kind of it's hard as especially I feel like as a woman sometimes to say profit first and to think from that mentality because we want our businesses to grow. We think we need to put everything back into it, just like you know, we want our kids to be successful. So we have to give, give, give to our kids, right? We translate that into business as well. And for for me, it really took to the point of everything almost breaking, um, including my marriage, the business, you know, um, my personal finances to realize I couldn't keep giving, giving, giving. I had to put some profit first into my life. And even just switching paying myself at the beginning of the month rather than the end of the month did that mindset shift for me. It was kind of, there's this, you have to, sometimes you have to like do the thing to get your mind to agree with the thing. Right. And sometimes you can have your mindset and then proceed forward. For me, sometimes I actually have to pretend like it's true in order for it to be true in my head. And so that switch to say, rather than paying myself on the 30th, I'm going to pay myself on the first and figure out how to run my business from there gave me the mindset to say, yes, I'm worth it. And I'm going to make this business work for me. And then I figured out, okay, now I can do the target allocation percentages and work toward them and start shifting things around. But giving myself that permission to be profitable was the the very first thing that set me on the trajectory. I could have read all the books, followed all the rules, I but I probably wouldn't have figured it out if I hadn't have given myself that permission first. That's so awesome. Be yourself first. Wow. That's the biggest... Boom. <laughs> Aha moment <laughs> for me right now. <laughs> that pay yourself first. Yes, of course, I've read that book, uh, Profit First. And uh, yes, I also, uh, to be honest, tried implementing it, but I've not followed it through so much as you have done. So I'm surely getting back to that uh, Profit First method again. Thank you for reminding. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you also have a very uh, special process called the still method to get centered and get clear and get more abundance uh, in your business. So please share a little bit about that. Yeah, it's an acronym. Um, still, the S stands for set your sights. This is really like deciding where are you going in your business? Um, what do you want to see happen? You can also apply this to personal, but since we're talking about business, uh, let's talk business. So uh, S is set your sights, know where you're going. Then T is track your in and out. What's come in lately? What's gone out? Just noticing kind of what what um, the flow looks like of the cash within your business. And then the I is inspect your progress. Has that um, in and out? Has that flow been getting you closer to your goals? Farther away from you know that set your sights. Like just noticing what what direction am I moving? Am I moving where I really want to go? And then the first L is look for the 1% adjustment. What's the tiny shift you could do to move your uh, what's happening toward where you actually want it to go? Not just you know what the direction it's currently going and continuing that way. 
And then uh, finally, the last L is live deliberately. Actually make that 1% adjustment happen. Put it on your calendar, send the email, make the phone call, you know, whatever that looks like. And then you come back and you repeat it over and over again on a regular basis. You revisit where are your sites, where's your business going, how have, how's the in and out been going, how's the cash flow, and so on and so forth. And really it shows people I've um and including myself, like I've been doing this method um for a decade now. It really shows a lot of clarity on not just doing what someone else told me to do, but what's really going to help me get to my goals. That's such a beautiful um, method and the process that you have uh, shared, Amanda. I really liked the part where you shared, look for the 1% adjustment. I mean, this is such a small uh, adjustment, 1% to be precise. And we usually go in for huge pivots and huge changes and massive turnaround of the business. But it's the 1% increments or the 1% modifications that probably can bring about significant results. So yeah, that's a great uh, pointer. Look for the 1% adjustment. So uh, Amanda, this has been a wonderful conversation with you. Just to conclude lastly, what are your thoughts on how women entrepreneurs who are listening to you right now can get better when having money conversations during a sales interaction? Wow, that's such a powerful question because you do have to you know, almost pop the question, right? Um, have the dollars and cents clearly lined out, um, and I'm definitely not the expert here. I, I'm totally learning. But one thing that has been passed on to me is to practice, to rehearse, to role play. There are so many times before I go into a sales conversation that I'm saying it out loud before I click, you know, start meeting or before I pick up the phone. Um, I thankfully have a great partner that we can practice together. But sometimes when he's not around, I still say it to myself, right? Out and out loud, not just in my head. Um, and that I feel like there'll be really powerful times when I'm like, I know that that this part of the meeting is going to come up and I don't want to be saying this thing for the first time then in the room with the client, right? Or the prospective client. And I will practice it two or three times ahead of time. And it might come very different during the meeting, but I'll feel a lot more power in that moment than if I had not practiced beforehand. That is so beautiful. I mean, this is for the first time that anyone on this show has given this diamond advice to practice before getting on a call or a sales conversation. Uh, thank you so much for mentioning that because many a times people say that uh, just be yourself and uh, do not second guess yourself and be confident. But how to do that? And that is actually practicing your stuff, practicing your scripts, doing it with the um, other person. So thank you for uh, highlighting that and mentioning that. Thank you so much, Amanda, for uh, being on this conversation. I really enjoyed uh, having this uh, chat with you. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's been a pure pleasure. I loved what Amanda said that sales is about gathering information and sharing that knowledge with your prospect or potential client. And this is such a useful information. As subject matter experts, as 
someone who knows in and out about their product or service we tend to gather so much information and knowledge and data around it and just by sharing that knowledge with your customer you are actually establishing yourself as a trusted advisor in front of them and this is a, a massive positive thing that you can do for your sales positioning so uh, that was a great tip that amanda shared we will keep bringing such meaningful and such wonderful conversations to you on this podcast so remember to follow the podcast and i will meet you inside the next episode of is the sales till then this is your host roshni baronia signing off